0: The book of Job tonight will be in the book of Job. We're going to begin in chapter number two, Job chapter number two. And uh, throughout the message tonight, we'll turn to three other uh, places in the book of Job. But we'll begin with Job uh, chapter number two. And it has been a wonderful day uh, in God's house. And I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, that we have each and every Sunday. And I look forward to what God has for us this evening. Tonight, I want to bring a message uh, that uh, if you'll give me a hearing tonight... And uh, if you'll listen tonight, it will be a help to you. And I am uh, often reminded, and I'm amazed at the thought that, uh, and you should be as well, that God is interested in us. Uh, he's our Creator. Uh, he He created us. He's interested, certainly, in our eternal soul. That's why He sent His Son to pay our sin debt. And He's interested in our needs, and He knows what we need. Before we even realize we have a need. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I'm depending on Almighty God and anybody else. And uh, I trust that tonight uh, we will be helped. Uh, But uh, sometimes uh, life, life gets in the way of our plans, our dreams, our goals. What do I mean by that? There's nobody in this room who's lived longer than, you know, four and a half years that can say everything I thought was going to take place in my life has taken place. Um, you know, we right when we got it all figured out, we were, we were reminded we don't have it figured out. And uh, so tonight, this is going to be a help to us, the book of Job, chapter number 2. I want to read two verses to begin with as our text this evening, verse 7 and 8. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Tonight I want to preach on this subject, what to expect when in the ash heap. What to expect when in the ash heap. Father, I pray tonight that your word would be real to us. May the Spirit of God use your word to speak to us tonight. May the Spirit of God minister in our hearts and our souls. May we get strength from what we hear this evening. May we get wisdom on how to navigate uh, the trials, the difficulties in life. And Father, most of all, may we depend on you, and may we depend on you, and may we persevere uh, so that you get the honor and glory with our life. Uh, We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. As we read our text tonight in verse number 8, we see that there are some events that took place in the life of Job, and the Bible says, and he sat down among the ashes. Now, what does that mean to be among the ashes, certainly in this period of time. We'll refer to it as the Bible times when uh, there were those who went through difficulty. It was a way of a showing a public mourning, a public humility. They would, they would often shave their head and they would often, uh, some of you were in mourning by the way from that, but uh, anyway, they would shave their head and then they would uh, they would put on those sackcloth, those those common uh, uh, rags, if you will, that were very uncomfortable to live, uh, to, to wear, and they would go outside the city most of the time and have this place, and it was the it was, it, was the, it was the trash heap, it was the, the ash heap where, uh, where things were burned, and that's where they would go when they would sit themselves there, and uh, they would mourn there, and it was a way of showing God their humility, but also showing society that there were some things taking place in their life, and they were trying to get God's attention and uh, navigate and persevere through these times. I want to remind you who we're talking about. We're talking about Job. In chapter number one, we're reminded that Job was a righteous man. The Bible speaks of Job in a way that the Bible does not speak of any other man. The Bible paints a picture of Job that he was the best man on the planet. He was the man who was the holiest man. He was the most upright if there was a picture of honesty in this day, it was Job. If there was a picture of integrity in this day, it was Job. If there was a picture of righteousness in this day, it was Job. That is not the polled opinion of those around him. That is what God has preserved in eternity. That's what God's opinion is. And every time I, I mention that in a message or I, or I think of that when I read through the, the life of Job, I'm reminded of that should be our motivation, not man's opinion, but God's opinion. Right. What does God think about us? What does God think about our situation? Job was a righteous man. Job was a blessed man. Blessings and righteousness go together. And I'm reminded as our nation, as our nation is navigating waters it has never been in before, I'm reminded that God tells us through His Word that His blessings are tied directly with righteousness. And we must be reminded of that, but Job was a blessed man. The Bible tells us, and paints a picture, he was the wealthiest man that lived during that time. He had more wealth than anybody else, but he was still a righteous man. He was still that blessed man. If you know the story of Job, you know he was a tested man. We have an account in scripture of Satan entering into the presence of God, and accusing the brethren and by the way he still does that today and oh he brings these evil reports and he brings this was supposed to be your child and look at them and and look at the way that then God answers and says have you considered my servant Job and then Satan accuses Job and in doing so accuses God said the only reason that Job serves you is because you've been so good to him and God said I'll let you put him to the test he says, you can do anything to him that you desire, but you cannot take his life. And God allowed Job to go through testing that no man, I believe, has ever endured, none that has ever been recorded in Scripture. And by the way, I still believe God allows his children to go through testing. We need to remember that when we face tests to, so that he can get the honor and he can get the glory. But we all find things to complain about, don't we? None of us experienced what Job experienced. The Bible tells us that a servant comes in to report that this portion of his wealth, his, his sheep and his oxen, they were all destroyed. His servants were, and another portion of his wealth, that was all destroyed by the enemies by the sword. As he's taken in all these reports that in an instant, this is worse than the stock market crash. And in an instant, his wealth is taken from him. While he's still processing this report, someone else comes in to tell him that all of his his ten children had gotten together and a storm had come through and a house fell and killed every one of his children. We understand with that in context, verse number 8, And he sat down among the ashes. A righteous man, a blessed man, a tested man. He goes to the ash heap, this place where nobody wants to go. You think about this, Job who had everything, Job who had the ease and cares that wealth brought, he had the health that comes from the blessings of God, in an instant is taken from him, he finds himself outside the town now, he finds himself in the ash heap with nothing to his name, and now his health is even gone. Tonight I want to use Job to help us know what to expect within the ash heap. I'm thankful that the Bible gives us a recipe, the Bible gives us a plan, the Bible gives us an understanding of how to deal with the things that we may face with in our life, may face in our life. Let me say by way of introduction this evening, all will face the ash heap. All will face circumstances beyond our control. Job obviously was a wise man for him to have obtained all that wealth, but his wisdom could not keep him from the ash heap. There's wisdom. His means could not change the circumstances because there are some circumstances, friend, that you and I cannot control. All will have things taken from them. All of us will have things taken from us that we've worked hard for. All of us will have life altered negatively by just the course of life, by just the reality of things that take place and often at the hands of others. Figuratively speaking, we'll all make the journey to the outside of town, put on that rough fabric of sackcloth, and sit in the ash heap, sit in the waste pile, because of what life has brought us. This message tonight is not to discourage you, but to remind you of the realities of this life. The message tonight is not to keep you in the ash heap. The message tonight is not to uh, uh, the message tonight is, is just to show you what to expect when you find yourself there. Because, friend, all of us are going to face the difficulties of life. I want you to give me a hearing tonight. I believe there are three categories that every person in here can be placed into this evening. As I mention these, I would like you to take a moment and figure out which one you find yourself in. There are those in the building tonight. You've never been to the ash heap yet. You hear the circumstances of Job and... You can't even fathom anything like that. You have, not, you have not experienced the hardships of this world. And the things that the book of Ecclesiastes speaks of, that life just brings things to us, much less if there's a testing from the Almighty God. You haven't been there yet. There are those here, you, you would fit in that category. I ask you tonight to not turn me off because you've never faced it. Do not daydream because you can't comprehend it. But to listen very, very carefully, because the day is going to come when you're going to need what is preached tonight. There are those in this auditorium, you're there now. There's difficulty that has come your way that you never saw coming. One minute you're like, Job, you are basking in the blessings of God. You, have, you don't have a care in the world. You are just enjoying life. You're enjoying what God has brought your way. And, and, and you hear the, the laughs of family. And, and you have the security of what God has given you. And in an instant, tragedy came. In an instant, a doctor's report came. In an instant, a job change came. In an instant, something came into your life that turned everything upside down. You're there now. I would ask you to give me your attention because there's a Bible recipe in the life of Job that will be a help to you tonight then there are those in the room in that third category you can say you've been there you know what it's like not to the degree that Job experienced it but you've lived long enough and you've experienced things in life you've faced some hardships you've faced some difficulties you were like Job, and you found yourself, you say, I'm in that, 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 figuratively speaking, that ash heap where everything's been taken away, and you're at the mercy of God. You've been there before, and you can relate and testify of what's going to be preached tonight. I'm going to give you four quick things of what to expect when you're in the ash heap as we look through the life of Job, and we're going to turn in our Bibles as we consider where he begins now in this ash sheep, and I want you to look at chapter number 3. We see verses 1 through 4. After this, after this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived." Let that day be in darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. You remember when I said, Job, the Bible tells us that there was not a better man than Job. Friend, you were not the first one to say, I wish I had never been born. Long, long ago, Job, I cursed the day I was ever born. What to expect when you're in the ash heap? Discouragement, fear, and depression. Discouragement, fear, and depression. We find Job, who God describes as the most upright man, the man with the most integrity. We find these words coming from his mouth. He cursed the day he was born. Let the day perish when I was born, and the night in which it was said, there is a man-child conceived. Look at the end of the chapter with me, verse 25 and 26, for the thing which I greatly feared, is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Do we understand why Job would be discouraged? Job had fears. See, especially young people, listen to me. This world will tell you if you've got a certain amount of assets and financial means, you don't have anything to fear. Life life will just obliterate that belief. If you achieve a certain notoriety, you've got security. No matter how secure an individual projects themselves, there's fears. There are many who sit on the top of the world tonight and deep down, if they are honest with themselves and they'll be honest with you, they have fears about their eternity. They have fears about, about their family. They have fears about the things that, that, that would come into their life. There are many of you that are in here this evening and you have some fears. Let me tell you, you're not different than Job. you find yourself in the ash heap, don't be surprised. There's some of you not. You're discouraged because you're in the ash heap. I'm going to tell you what we do with that in just a few moments from the Word of God. But I want to tell you this evening, it's not time for you to go jump off of a bridge or throw in the towel. You find yourself in the exact place Job was. If I'd never been bored, I'd have never experienced any of this. Now, we know, and if you know the life of Job, and we can continue to study God is going to have a say in Job's opinion. Just like God is going to have a say in your opinion and in my opinion. But number one, we should expect when we're in the ash sheep to face discouragement, fear, and depression. We, God tells us how to handle those things. I'm reminded that God tells us that he has not given us the spirit of fear. So when we're afraid, it's not a fear God's given us because we should have complete faith in God. Complete dependence on God. And when we fear, it's a, it's a natural thing for man to fear. And what do you fear? You fear what you can't control. There's something, I'm afraid of the water. You know what? Because you can't control that water. And we have fears because of things we can't control, you get discouraged because... Things you were for have been taken from you. You get depressed because of circumstances. You ought to expect it. And some of you who are going through it, you say, well, that's where I'm at, pastor. Let's see number two. Turn over to Job chapter 16. If that wasn't bad enough, this is going to seem like a very discouraging message tonight. I promise you, it's going to get good at the end. But if it's not enough that he's had everything taken from him, Pastor, it's not enough that I do expect discouragement, fear, and how am I going to get through this? How how am I going to get back on my feet? And depression We come to number two. You can expect betrayal in the ash heap. In Job 16, verses 1 and 2, leading to this point, after Job finds himself in the ash heap, he has three friends that come to him. And at first, they come with the right... Heart, near as we can tell. They come and they sit with Job. They don't say anything. They're just there with him. And by the way, if you ever want to know what you can do for somebody who's going through a heartache, that's it right there. I don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just be there. Now, so far, when they did that, they were fine. Then they got to be like a lot of Baptists. They had to give their opinion about what Job is going through. And we find them turning on Job. And, and when he's, he's mourning the death of his ten children. He's mourning the loss of everything that he has. He is enduring physical suffering. His own, own wife... He doesn't understand it. He's, and every man who, 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 who is worth anything, if he knows his wife is mourning and grieving, that is an extra burden on him because there's things he can't control. He's dealing with all of that. And now his friends get on their soapbox and say, Job, the reason why this is happening is because you've got sin in your life. The reason why this is happening is because you're full of yourself. The reason why this has happened because you're just a hypocrite. And see, you weren't as good as you portrayed to be, and I knew all those things were going to be taken from you because you didn't deserve them anyway. And Job's response in six, chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. His friends, who were to be an encouragement, became his condemners. Let me just say to us, don't be a betrayer in your friendship. You don't know why people are going through what they're going through. And if you did, you don't need to articulate it. Well, I know why they're going through that. I mean, I think I've made my position pretty clear through the years, and that's why nobody comes and tells me I know why they're going through it uh, because, you know, you don't know why they're going through it. Man, can you imagine if there had been an Internet in the day of Job? We knew he was a hypocrite. It was too good to be true. He betrayed. Don't be that kind of friend. Don't betray a friend who needs you. Job was at his most vulnerable point in his entire life. You know, that shows the insecurity of his three friends, doesn't it? It shows the character of his three friends. That they would take that opportunity and judge Job by their heart. Because you know what would have been true? If they had been in the ash heap in that moment, if they had lost everything, it would have been true that there was sin. It would have been true that they were a hypocrite. That's why they judged them that way. But I want you to expect the betrayal... People aren't going to understand why you go through what you go through. If you'll permit me to use an experience from my life, we lost our daughter Romana. Nobody can understand what that's like. If you've lost a child, you can understand what it's like to lose a child. But not everybody understands why you go through what you go through. Don't try and explain it. But don't be a betrayer. Understand that there will be some when you go through a hardship, when you go through a, you find yourself in the, in the ash heap, you will lose friends. Said, Pastor, thanks for the encouragement tonight. I want to help you know what to expect because that can be devastating. But let me remind you, there's a friend that's closer than a brother, and he's going to show himself very, very soon. Not everybody leaves you. God cares enough that he's going to make sure that you have what you need, but expect it. Number three, this is, this, this is not the typical message you'll find in the average church today, but th- this is good stuff. If, I could, if, if you'll permit me to say that, I said it anyway. Job 38, Job chapter 38. What I mean by this is, third thing that you can expect when you're an ash sheep if you're not hurting enough, You've been betrayed, you've lost everything, as Job did, you're broken hearted, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, you've already said, it'd just be better if I wasn't even here. It'd been better if I hadn't even been born. And, And all my fears have come, and I'm depressed, and I'm discouraged. The third thing you can expect is some tough love. Look in Job chapter 38. Job has heard from his friends, those miserable comforters. Then Job has gone on a pity party, and Job has got some pride. In verse, chapter 38, verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? That's a powerful question right there. There's a book chapter coming with that in the future. But number, verse number 3, Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Okay, Job, you've got opinions, answer me. If Job had fears before, he's really got fears now. Verse number four Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. That verse number three Gird up now thy loins like a man. For I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Boy, in this society, the way man thinks now, it's like, how cruel of God. Well, God knows his creation more than the creation knows himself. You know what God has given Job? He didn't give him a pacifier. He didn't say it's time for an extended timeout. No. He said, get up and be a man. And let me just time out right there. Our society could use some of that. You know, we didn't win World War II. Well, because men were worried about the things they're worried about today. If you're rearing little boys, rear them to be men which means mom it's okay i know if you google web md md rubbing dirt on it is not an accurate medical solution to a boy skinning his knee but nobody has died from rubbing dirt on it and going back out and playing he says be a man You know, sometimes God deals with you that way and God deals with me that way. You know what he's saying? Okay, you've got your opinions, you've got your thoughts, it's time for you to talk to me now. And can can I just remind all of this, sometimes that's the role of the pastor. There are times where God will use the pastor in your life to encourage you, to figuratively pat you on the back and say, you can do it. And to be a cheerleader. I was going to say, I like to be your cheerleader, but then there's a visual that goes with that. So, <laughs> to, to, to encourage you and to cheer you on. That's the part of being a pastor I love. I enjoy that. Sometimes the role of the pastor is to give you some tough love. Yeah, right, right. And to not tell you what you want to hear, but to tell you what you need to, need to hear. Right, right. By the way... I hope you choose a doctor that doesn't just tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear. Can you believe that, doctor? Can you believe that he actually told me that I need to do? I, what business of his, what goes on in my life? Well, do you want to stay alive? Do you want to live a little longer? You know, that's what their responsibility is. But God gives, and a matter of fact, God knows when to comfort you. All of us tonight can testify at times in our life that God has comforted us. God has made us feel better. God has given us the strength we need. God's given us the peace of knowing. We don't know how we're going to get through it, but he's going to get us through it just a little bit more. But God doesn't always deal with us that way, but you know why? Because we don't always need that. Sometimes we need the tough love. We need a tough love from our God. He tells Job, gird up now thy loins like a man. If you study in, in the Bible, the, 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 and I wrote about this in my book, The Armor of God, the attire of that day, and when the man girded up his loins in the, in the robes and things, they, that was a signal of they were going to battle. They're going to do some work. They were going to war. What does God say? Girded up like a man, face me. That would probably take all of Job's bravado his wisdom, his knowledge. He gets some tough love. Friend, when God gives us tough love, don't reject it. Don't resent it. See, God had to remind, please get this, please listen to me, God had to remind Job of his place. We need God. We have to have God. God had to change Job's perspective. Please don't miss this. Job was only viewing life From the view of the ash heap. Not viewing it from a heavenly perspective. Friend, if you're in an ash heap today, don't forget that there's a God of the heavens who's above all things. And there's a God in the heavens who will sustain you, who can deliver you, who can strengthen you. And we go back to the the beginning of this book in Job chapter number 1. It is Job that says... You know, basically he's saying, everything we have, God's given me anyway, so it's his right to take it from me. When man has placed himself on an evil footing with God, and we think we're on level with God, and we think that that we have created ourselves and made ourselves, no, from time to time, God has to remind us. We get full of pride, and nations get full of pride, and and churches get full of pride, and and people get full of pride, and sometimes God's got to give us some tough love and say, I... Am the Almighty. It was not because he didn't love him. It's because he did love him. That he gave him what he needed. That leads me to number four. This is the favorite part. I set all of that up, which is important. It's important because if you're in the ash heap and you're discouraged and you're afraid and you're depressed, that's exactly the way Job was. So you're not doing any worse than Job was doing. And don't we do that to ourselves? Well, I, I, I must not be saved because I feel this way. No, you may just be going through things in life where it's just an accomplishment to keep your head above the water for another day. Well, well, I'm saved. I shouldn't. Yeah, we should depend on God, but He remembers we are but dust. What am I trying to say? Some of you're doing better than you think you're doing because you're doing what Job was doing. And then you realize that, well, people just don't understand and they don't know what I'm going through. And we say, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. And that's the thing we say. It's true. Job's friends didn't know what he was going through. Sometimes we say, man, God is just dealing with me in a way that I didn't think he, it's not what I need right now. You may not think you need it. But God who created you knows what you need. And that leads us to number four, Job 42, just a few chapters over. What can you expect while in the ash heap? Number one, we said you can expect discouragement, fear, and depression. Number two, betrayal. Number three, tough love. Here it is, number four, restoration. Job doesn't stay in the ash heap. Job does not have the ability to get out of it. He's lost everything. Everything. So how did he get out of it? God restored him. God got him out of it. The devil took everything from him. This world, his life took everything from him. He's discouraged. He's depressed. He's afraid. His friends have, have judged him wrongly. God has rebuked him. He says, "You want you want to talk." "You know, you want to talk like a man. Let's be a man then." And it has reminded him who is really in control. And then we find restoration in Job forty-two, the end of the chapter, verse twelve. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima and the name of the second Kezia, the name of the third Carahapic. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. And this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. God gave him twice what he had before. He restored him. See, this is where some Christians quit in the discouraged phase. This is where some Christians look up to the heavens and curse God because he didn't prevent these things from happening. And and friend, I'm not going to stand here and minimize what you go through minimize the reality of hardships. I cannot explain to you why God allows things to happen in your life and mine. I can't explain it. The only thing I can offer is what this book tells us, that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. That's the only answer I have. And you and I must accept that by faith. We, want it, we get discouraged and say, I can't believe all this happened to me. And we let bitterness get in our heart. We, we, we quit. We give up. Job tried to quit, but it's how, he couldn't go down any further. He's in the ash heap. He lost people who he depended on to give him strength. Well, I just, I've been wronged. So therefore, I'm giving up on God. I encounter people all the time, invite on the church. Well, I, I used to go. Oh, okay, well, we'd well, I, I, well, we like to have you come with us. Well, I just, I don't trust anybody in churches anymore. I've been betrayed. I don't minimize betrayal because I know what it's like to be betrayed. But it's not an excuse to quit on God. But as Christians, we get to that place, don't we? It's a difficult thing. We say, I want to hear from Can you imagine Job in that has sheep? How many times he prayed to God? God, would, would you answer me? God, would you hear me? And then when he finally hears from God, he speaks from him out of a whirlwind. This isn't what I had in mind, God. And God saying, Guard yourself up like a man. Where were you? When I put all this into place, that's a, good, that's a good thing for you and I to be reminded of. We want to question God, and we want to judge God's motives, and we want to complain about God, and we want to, we want to puff ourselves up. Friend, let me remind you, our God is the God who spoke billions of stars into space. He didn't, even just, he didn't just speak them. He knows their name. He put everything that exists into existence. Oh, we complain. If you'll permit me tonight, I know what it's like to be in an ash heap, and I know what it's like for God to give me tough love. Was it fair what happened to Job? Absolutely not. From man's perspective, it was not. Job, by God's own admission, was the most righteous man on the planet. He Brought the first person out of God's mouth when the devil started accusing his children was Job. Job, if I could put it like this, was his trophy. and He allowed Job to be tested to show the kind of man that Job was. It was not fair. And when God speaks to you and gives you tough love, it's not an easy thing to deal with. But as we speak of this restoration, the restoration can't take place without the tough love. God wants to bring you out of the ash heap. I can't explain to you why God allowed you to get there. I can't explain to you the actions of other people. I can't explain to you what takes place in this world other than it's a, it's a sin-sick world. It, it is the result of, of man's fall. That's the only explanation I have. But I cannot explain why others do what they do. I can't explain why others leave and betray in your greatest need. I can't explain all of those things. And when God gives us that tough love, that's difficult to deal with. But what I can tell you is God does not want any of his children to die in the ash heap. It's not part of His plan for any of His children to stay there. And if for whatever reason God allows you to go through some things in your life, you hang in there, you don't quit. If God brings some tough love, you don't bow up at it. You humble yourself under the Almighty God. Let Him do a work in your life, and He'll bring you out of it. Oh, if you can identify with what I'm preaching on tonight, you know that you find yourselves in situations in this life you don't have the ability, no man's got the ability to drag you out of it. But only God himself, And might I say, God is more than able, God is more than capable, and God is more than willing. Well, if you don't read the end of this book, the end of Job, you you might get the idea that Job is, or God's a cruel God. But God gave it all back to him. And I've preached this before, and it's a good reminder that Job is in that ass sheep, and after God deals with him, and God gives him that tough love, and then God deals with his miserable comforters, his friends. And by the way, you don't have to go rant on Facebook about how you've been betrayed, God will take care of it. He turns to them, he says, You need to get right. He tells his friends, You need to get right with me, too but I won't take a sacrifice from you. Job has to sacrifice on your behalf. I won't even hear you. Job makes those sacrifices. God restores Job. God uses Job again. So how did Job get out of the ash heap? Did God just one day say, pick him up and have a, a lottery ticket float out there into, to the, into where he's at in the ash heap and pick it up? And, wow, you're a millionaire again. Oh, no, no, that's not what he did. <clears throat> Job had to get up And Job had to go knock on somebody's door and say, I'm Job. You know, Oh, Job, you look a lot different than the last time I saw you, Job. I've lost everything. Do you have any work that I could do for you today? I need to provide for my wife and I. And Job, who used to own the fields, went out in the field and worked. Job saved enough money to where he could buy two sheep again. Then those two sheep became three sheep. And Job would go work again and he'd go buy him two oxen. And those two oxen became three oxen. And God blessed all of his efforts because he was willing to get out of the ash sheep. He was willing to allow God to use his life and to pick him up. Boy, he went and he worked in. God gave him 10 more children. He had 10 waiting in heaven. He had 10 children. Obviously, that didn't happen all at once. There's a history at the end of his life of God blessing and blessing and blessing. Pastor, what do you say? Is God going to give me everything back? God has a way of doing in each of our lives what He wants to accomplish. What I'm saying is, God will restore you. Amen. I don't understand why we as Christians look at restoration as a bad word. It's a great word. Every one of us just need to be restored at some place in our life. If you're in the ass sheep, God can get you out of it. But you can't quit when you're afraid. You can't, this is what what the world does today, and and it's a different day than when Job lived, but this is what it is. We we lose everything, and we say, I've got to go find something to fill this void. Can you really find something to fill the void of the most precious things you had in your life? When God is the one who will get us through. Well, I've I've been wronged. And if you'll permit me tonight, our society is very good at telling people to stay in the ash heap because you've been wronged. And it's okay for you to be in the ash heap. And friend, whether you've been wronged or not, God's people shouldn't stay in the ash heap. God wants you out of the ash heap. We might take God giving you some tough love. You got difficulty in your life? Have you been complaining to God? Can I say it's a natural thing for us to complain? We've been complaining here as Floridians about how hot it's been. Give us, you know, it's going to get below 50, and we're going to be like, what in the world's going on? (laughs) And we'll start complaining about how cold it is. I know some, some of you are saying, I'll never complain how cold it is. You lie, you will too. But you get the point that I'm making tonight. Maybe somebody in here tonight, God has been dealing with you. It seems like every message that's preached, God is just... You open your Bible and the Spirit of God is... You try and pray and ask God. God says, no, 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 no. We're talking about pride that's in your life. We're talking about... What, what could that pride have been? Maybe Job thought that he didn't deserve for all that to happen to him. Who are we? We're nothing but dust. And when he allowed God to work... One day he got up, brushed himself off, and God made the way. And God blessed everything he did. You know what the greatest answer for those miserable comforters were? That Job, Job watched four generations of God's blessing. You, know, you can get out of that ash heap, but you've got to let God do it. Pick yourself up. As God makes the way you go, there's some things to expect. You're in one of three groups tonight. You're in the group that you really can't identify with what I preach tonight. You know it's real, but you really can't identify it because you haven't been in any situation like that. Life hasn't brought those things to your doorstep yet. Or you're in the group, you're there now. You've experienced loss, you've experienced heartache, you've experienced difficulty. That change of life that you never thought was going to come. You're there. Are you discouraged? Are you in that stage? Are you, where are you at in all of this? There are those who you've been there before and you can identify. I, if you're in that third group, I want you to take just a moment. I want you to look back to see where God has brought you from. And I must also caution you if you're in that third group. There's nothing in this Bible to tell us that he won't allow us to go through it again. So remember, there's some things to expect. You say, Pastor, I know some people who, who God didn't, wasn't similar. They seem to get nothing about it. You don't know what God pieces together. And eternity will reveal God's full restoration. Father, use your word tonight.